All right. You there, bud? I'm here. Oh my gosh, it worked. Look at me. Wait, we're working problems out virtually here, man. I appreciate you uh, letting me know. I probably should have told you that we were going to do this uh, Facebook live stream beforehand. So I could That's have right. uh, protected myself from embarrassment. <laughs> All good. Hey, Matt, what's up? Hey, listen, guys, this is uh, an old friend of mine, Matt Lyle. Um, you know, a lot of people call him the internet's most followed uh, hitting coach, which is accurate. It's totally accurate, but I call him Matt Lyle. Um, I remember growing up with Matt playing baseball with him and against him for many years and um, always had an amazing attitude, always passionate about the sport and moreover people, um, you know, and, and Matt, dude, I think my second year ever, I was on your brother Trevor's team. Yep. The Wolves. And yep. was your dad the coach? Yeah, yeah. My dad, I mean, he he coached me most of the years that we played. Uh, there were a couple years in there he coached. I don't know if he coached both teams at the same time, uh, but he definitely coached my brother a few years as well. So I, that wouldn't surprise me. He he was still coaching for a long time. Yeah, man, that was awesome. I, I remember that. Me and Trevor were the one-two punch on the bump. That, that was like sense. my last that makes a lot of sense. year of pitching. Uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> After that, it was just straight fastballs and – People taking the yard. So uh, my dad uh, hid me behind the plate and it worked out for me. But um, but yeah, man, listen, dude, I, I appreciate you taking the time to get on Absolutely. here and uh, for us to catch up. And, you know, your story's pretty incredible, man. Um, I think, um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm correct, you're literally the only coach ever to coach every level and, and <laughs> no, what, not just that, that, that we know of we, we we've definitely tried to figure out if there's anybody else who's you know i think i think i think everybody's coached little league and travel ball in high school and stuff mm -hmm. but uh from the college level juco naia d3 d2 d1 uh and then two different sports as well so it's just it's it's been a crazy journey that's the best way to just that's the best way to say it. it's just been a oh crazy we'll, we'll definitely get into that you know yeah. but First, I want to I want to start small, okay? And it and forgive me, it may not be small, but how did you transition from baseball, right, in the concepts of hitting to softball? Because listen, man, we've been friends for a lot of years, you know, and I I followed you, and um, I think one of the one of your one of the things I remember you saying on some of your videos is the baseball and softball swing are not all that different. Not, not different at all, actually. Okay. You know, and and we can talk about that, but it's just, uh, you know, it's actually a real, you know, to me, it's a funny story is, you know, I, I coached some D3 ball, some JUCO, I coached NAIA and, you know, as a father and married and having kids, you know, the most money I made coaching in my career for the first 10 years was, you know, and I coached, I was the head coach at YV, your old high school. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I got, I made $1,900 that year, which probably didn't pay for the gas and the, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. And then I, I coached D I coached NAIA. I got a $3,000 stipend that year. I, I was a head coach at a D three and I got $7,000. So it's like, you know, the, the journey of a coach and trying to make money doing it full time is extremely difficult. Right. And so I went back to coaching high school and, and, and uh, I just got done with coaching at college park high school, not, not too far down the road from where uh, you played mm -hmm. as well and, and competed against. And, I was trying to get back into college. I'm like, I would just you know, I'll take a volunteer job, a D2 job. Just, I, I'm just trying, I want to provide for my family. I want to coach college and I just wasn't getting a lot of love. So 
uh, our season ended, our high school season ended in the middle of May. And uh, we, we just had, um, he's now uh, my nine-year-old son. My wife was working. So I stayed at home with him uh, over this like two to three week time. He was a couple months old. And for whatever reason, I'm on the couch. He's, you know, doing the nap, doing the daddy daycare thing. And uh, the women's college regionals come on softball. Yeah. So, and I, so I'm, I'm like, oh, I can't, you know, I got my kid. I can't really go anywhere. I'm going to watch the softball regional. I'm telling you from that time on all the way through the women's college world series was about two to three weeks throughout three week process. I watched every single game on ESPN and on ESPN plus and all the different, you know, things. And I was like, wow, this game is just like baseball. And I'd never really watched it before. Uh, it's high tempo. Like you can play a 90 minute game. I mean, the, the infielders, I mean, the game was just so fast and exciting. And for me as a coach, like if someone was asking, you know, what was uh, Matt Lyle's baseball coaching high school philosophy? It was a very high tempo game with a lot of stealing, drag bunting, like putting pressure yeah. on the defense, high tempo, high energy game. And I'm watching softball I'm like, wow, these, these are, this is exactly like my style of play softball. And I'm kind of like, okay, this, I mean, this is really, and it was really fun. It was an incredible world series. Uh, and I watched all of it. I'm like, man, this is really cool. So I had, uh, back then I was doing the email newsletter and, and all these things, trying to build the social thing up and I had no, you know, no followers. And I got an email list of every D1 softball coach, head coach, and every D1 uh, baseball coach. And it was late at night, the World Series was over. And I pinned together this email saying, hey, I've coached high school. I've coached college baseball a little bit. Uh, you know, here's some of my background. Here's who I've worked with. And I, I just want an opportunity. I, that's all I want is an opportunity. I woke up the next morning. I probably had 10 emails from D1 baseball coaches saying, you know, might have a volunteer spot and this and that. I don't really have anything. I had over 50 emails from D1 softball coaches saying they were interested <laughs> in talking. So I'm like, okay, this maybe this is a sign. Right, sure. And, uh, and most of them were volunteer positions, but like a lot of them was like, you know, I, I interviewed on the phone with Michigan State, Southern Miss, NC State, uh, Oregon. And I was like, I mean, it was like, these are some big time programs. Um, and uh, so, like I said, kind of long story short, it, it just kind of worked out that uh, I got on the phone, uh, the Oregon coach offered me the volunteer uh, spot. And we packed up the U-Haul and, and drove up to Eugene, Oregon and, and started my softball career there. But it was just kind of this like, you know, not to over-spiritualize the thing, but it's like I've been trying so hard to kind of break down the door of getting into college ball. It's with a little bit more pay than D3 and NAIA and just wasn't having a lot of success. And, you know, looking back, it was like that was the thing that opened the door for me. Uh, and uh, I got into softball and, uh, you know, I, I never – I never looked back. It was just, it's, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed, uh, just enjoyed coaching and hitting. And, I, and as I got into it, I figured out, Hey, you know what? It isn't any different than baseball, this, this uh, hitting thing. And, uh, and so it kind of just all worked out for me in, in that sense. So that's kind of, that's kind of the story of how I got started into uh, softball from uh, having, you know, be, doing daddy daycare and watching every game on ESPN for a couple of weeks. Well, I think what's really cool about that story is first of all, you watched every inning. It reminds me of, I never watched the World Cup. And uh, the last World Cup, Men's World Cup, my wife, my wife's from Ecuador. She's big into soccer. Oh, nice. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'll watch it. I just don't know what's going to go on. They're going to they're gonna run around. They're going to run 17 miles. They're <laughs> going to kick the ball, and somehow they can't, you know, get in the goal. 
you know, baseball players aren't always the biggest soccer fans, right? Yes. It's oh, just kind of what it I, is. I hated it growing up. Can't stand it. Dude, I fell in love with it. I'm literally counting down the days until the next World Cup. It, it, I, so I'm the same way. I, I can see myself sitting. I can see you sit because I because to me, I had a similar experience with the World Cup, except, you know, I didn't go and say I'm going to coach soccer because <laughs> um, that's way out of my box. But I really appreciate that part of the story because, you know, as you know, I've coached for many years. I actually took a six-year, you know, time span off, and I just went back, and I'm working with the catchers at a local um, school here, Canterbury at Fort Myers. Very good program. But, you know, I've been that guy on the couch trying to figure out how to get into D1 ball. I've inter- I, you know, I interviewed with University of Miami, Florida Atlantic, you know, all these different schools, and there weren't the volunteer programs that, you know, paid a lot of camp money. Yeah. Right. So when I, you know, when I got close, I mean, I remember sitting in, you know, Jim Morris's press box at the university of Miami. And he's like, is $6,000 going to do it for you? And I'm like, man, I'll do lessons. I'll do whatever this and that. And you know what, dude, you know, God's unanswered prayers. Right. Cause it didn't happen. Yep. Right. It didn't happen. And I, you know, I've been able to, you know, I was at, you know, home with my son and, you know, then my daughter and then other daughter have three kids, right? So for me, it just didn't ever get there, but I can appreciate the, the sitting there. I'm like, okay, like, how do I figure this thing out? And what yeah. most people will do, they'll go to these perfect game tournaments and talk to these coaches. I really like your approach. You took the time to compile a mailing list for everybody and like, hey, here's my chips. They're out there. Yeah. And and the thing that I love the most about it is zero ego involved. Zero ego involved. You were a baseball guy your whole life. You're like, well, you know what? I'm going to listen to, you know, this divine intervention right now is softball. That's where it's at. And you've done, you've done amazing there. You've done what? Oregon. Then you went to Menlo, didn't you? Right after that? Well, at, at Oregon, so that, and this kind of just really relates to what you were saying. I made $900 in my time in Oregon total. That's insane. And uh, my wife was pregnant with my my fourth kid at the time. Mm-hmm. We were on WIC and food stamps. Uh, we my, I had a friend pay our grocery bill and cell phone bill. We were legit rock bottom. Uh, and I, I was hiding my car in the in the uh, garage because the repo tow truck would drive by every morning at six a.m. And for me, and I think a lot of coaches like a lot of people ask me, hey, how do I get into college coaching? I'm like, I'm not saying that your journey is like mine, but I'm telling you that the sacrifices that, are, that you have to make to, right. to start at the rock bottom is difficult and it's probably not worth it. Looking back, obviously it is, but in the midst of it. Uh, and so at the end of that year, I went and got a job at Paycheck selling payroll 40 Dude, hours. I, did, I was there for seven years. Yeah. So, and I'll tell you, like, wow. I learned so much so much in that environment sales from and, and recruiting it's helped me in, in the coaching and the social media world paychecks was an incredible trainer of sales and and i spent 14 months there i'll tell you I, it was i i hated every second of that job that you could imagine but i had to, my family we couldn't pay the bills right in the in the part time i was sneaking off work early to go help cal state east bay it was d2 yeah and she so offered, was ross in there uh, it was softball. So Ralston oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, okay. okay. was doing baseball okay. while I was there doing softball. 
And I got $24,000 in uh, full health benefits. That was like my first real paying, you know, job. So I kind of was double dipping for a little while. My paycheck, my paycheck's boss said, Hey, you know, you, you got to stop double dipping. And so I said, I'm going to, you know, I want to go back to the softball thing. I'll do camps and I'll, you know, so I, I we were just kind of getting going enough to do that. Uh, and then, um, you know, I, I ended up going to university, uh, Santa Clara university back to D one. It paid $13,000 and it was, it was three hours round trip every day. So I left my house at like 4.55 a.m. to get there to every morning, uh, three hours round trip. I made 13 grand that year. Again, was just we kept thinking, okay, we'll do camps, we'll do lessons. I, I grinded out lessons every night till 10 p.m. And, and just kind of in the belief that eventually we're going to get to this full-time job. Mm -hmm. And so then I ended up getting the head coaching job at Menlo College. And again, I, so now I got, I got $44,000. Now, if you... If you, you know this, well, some of your followers might not, $44,000 in the Bay Area doesn't even pay your rent. No, yeah, it's just like. It's a, that's a, that's, yeah. like, that's, that's your gas money to live yeah, here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and my wife is a stay-at-home mom. I got, you know, uh, four kids at this point. So, and again, it was three hours round trip every day. Mm -hmm. And at the end of that year, I loved that job. And I was just like, man, I just, we can't do this. 44,000 a year, another year. And just again, trying to find that way. And so then I hit the road for a year doing camps and clinics. My social media had really grown at that point. And uh, so I did that until I got the call at the University of South Carolina. Uh, and they were looking for a hitting coach and I met with her. It was a really good fit. Uh, and again, just kind of continue to do that. And, and, uh, I, I gotten into, I got some, an opportunity to go back to the, to, into baseball SEC coaching third base at Mizzou. Uh, and, uh, honestly at that time, the NCAA was voting on the third, uh, assistant position mm -hmm. and everybody that I talked to said, this is a hundred percent passing. So Mizzou called me, offered me the volunteer, this, man. The, volunteer this. the volunteer hitting coach position. I'm coaching third base in the SEC. Now think about this. Seven years, six, six years earlier, I'm coaching at College Park High School, $1,900 stipend. I've never coached a, you know, at the college level, and I got offered the, the third base coaching job in the SEC. So, so you're thinking like this, SEC, like I'm six figures, like – they approve this. I'm making at least hundred K hundred and well, at Missouri, you're probably thinking, yeah. you know what? 120. So they, they said about hundred, it's going to be about that position is going to be about 120. So yeah. I'm like, all, in. all right, all the, we've been doing this for 20 years. We're finally going to make it. Mm -hmm. So we're at Mizzou and November starts rolling around and some pro teams had called me. I'm like, ah, I'm, you know, I'm good. I've got, I got the spot. And I, the Mizzou AD and a couple other ADs are like, and I talked to, if you follow college baseball at all, you know who Kendall Rogers is. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah. and I talked to Kendall. He's like, this thing's not going to pass. We don't think it's going to pass. And I'm, I just moved my family from South Carolina to Missouri for a volunteer position in the middle of the country. And now you guys are saying it's not going to pass. Wow. So all I have to say, the next thing I got, within a week, I got a call from the Chicago White Sox. They flew me up to Chicago, said they wanted me to run uh, all of their evaluations and assessments and stuff for the, for the Chicago White Sox for the minor league program uh, and full benefits, which I didn't have at Mizzou and it, we could live anywhere we wanted in the country. And so next thing, you know, uh, we moved home back to where we live right now. Again, again I, I probably live a mile from college park high school, I live in Martina. Oh, wow. And um, my kids actually go to school right by Ignatia Valley high school now. And so, um, you know, uh, 
I coached a year of pro ball and it was, uh, there was, it was awesome. And it was incredible. I think that for a softball guy who had no pro playing experience, uh, the best way I could describe it was that it was difficult to, uh, to be a part of the, uh, part of the brotherhood a little bit. Yeah, and of course. I think for me, the players accepted me really well. And I think that did well, but I, my position really wasn't coaching players. It was coaching the coaches uh, and, and developing hitting plans uh, for them and, help, and trying to be a resource for them. And at the end of the year, I just kind of realized that and I've been doing this for 20 years, as much as I want to be a pro guy. And that, that, that was a dream come true to me that my heart and my life is in coaching college. I just, I, that's where I really, I really enjoy coaching student athletes to, and uh, having that with them. And so uh, out of the blue, I get this call from Fresno state. Fresno State coach is like, you know, I know you want to be a head coach one day and why don't you come here for a year and I'll help you become a head coach. So I'm like, okay, we live three hours north of Fresno. I got an apartment in Fresno by myself. And my family and I are like, okay, we can do this for nine months. We can survive nine months. months. Oh my gosh. So, so the year of Fresno, we have an incredible year. We're 12th in the country. We beat number two, Texas. It was just this incredible season. But at the same time, I'm not, I haven't, there's times I hadn't seen my family in like 21 days in a row. It was, it was, it wasn't, it's always never as good as it sounds. And it was really difficult in my family. COVID hits, our season gets, and it ends, but I live three hours north. So I go home for a few months. My mother-in-law who lives, uh, again, live kind of with my YV, lives right by us. She's, she's diagnosed with stage four cancer. My, my, and if you know anything about California, we've been on lockdown forever. Uh, kids distance learning. So my wife is distance learning, homeschooling. Uh, my mother-in-law gets cancer and it's like, okay, God, I'm trying to like, you know, do the right thing, trying yeah. to follow this path. And it doesn't sound like me going back to Fresno is probably the best thing for my family. Right. And uh, so we, and, and we, we kept, we kept pushing it off, hoping, Hey, you know, maybe this COVID thing will go away. Uh, and uh, we can kind of go back to normal really never did until after the season. And Fresno didn't go back to practice till January. Please. Uh, and so uh, we decided, Hey, we're you know, I took kind of, it took a year off to really, you know, even this morning, uh, you know, I'm, I was running uh, Zoom calls with teachers and, and doing the helping with some math stuff. And so um, now we're here, 2021, and Dude. it's been a crazy journey. And and I think still we're trying to figure out, you know, what does it look like going forward? I, I do believe it's going to be involved with coaching at the college level. I don't know where and and hopefully it's going to be a long term fit. But uh you know, we'll see what, see what doors open and we'll see what happens. Yeah, dude, I saw, um, you know, earlier, I think maybe last week, some of you said, you know, it's time to go back. I'm like, I wonder if he knows yet. I can tell you, you know, I have talked to some schools about head jobs. I've talked to some, uh, schools, but some schools are still actually playing. Um, I think that, um, I mean, I think the doors are going to open there. And, and so right. for me, I just having this year off and my wife and I've been talking about it and praying about it. So, okay. It's like, okay, you know, what, what should we do? We gave it a year to try to figure out how to, you know, do these other things. And uh, we, we just kind of came together. So, okay, let's, let's, let's take a, take a, you know, step out there and uh, let's see what opens. And I, you know, June 1st usually is when a lot of college stuff starts moving. So we're kind of just sitting around going, okay, let's see. That carousel, the coaching carousel. Yeah. It yeah. just, that's always fun to watch, man. I don't it is care. Really fun. It's really fun to watch, especially if you're involved in, in, in all that or you've yeah. got 
friends and stuff in that. It's, it's, it's very interesting to see, you know, all the things that happen. Yeah. I used to sit there when I was, you know, in the middle of endeavoring to coach in college, I, I would watch that carousel and it was just, I'm watching dominoes just. Yeah, it's like, kind of crazy how it all works out. Well, it's, it's crazy because, you know, when you're on the outside looking in, you realize that, you know, these things are known privately before it's made public. So totally you know, unless you're a part of the inside track, you're, you're toast. But uh, you look, man, the one thing that, um, that I respect most about your story, because, you know, people who follow you or you know, people who are a part of, you know, my small following so far, they may not know all the adversity that you've overcome, dude. I mean, I, there's, I mean, all I got to do is do a simple Google search or just you know, pay attention to when you're saying, you know, I was hiding my car from the tow truck. I mean, it's really, really cool. So when I started this brand that, you know, it was under the assumption that when I interviewed largely successful people like yourself, because I, I consider you a success because you've overcome so much, you know, what makes that person so successful? And it's, it's overcoming adversity and it's mindset. So like, dude, take me to your darkest, take, take, not just me, take everybody who's going to be listening on this Facebook live Instagram, and hopefully, you know, all your followers on your platforms, like take them to that darkest moment, man. Like it's more than just saying, Hey, you know, I had, I, I was, I had my car in the, in the garage, but like having to, and, and again, like I'm not this, I've, I felt this way in my own life, having to look at my kids and yep. my wife, like, okay, this is bigger than me. Like I literally have to make this work and that why kind of brought me to my knees. Yeah. Right. So, so talk to, talk to everybody about that. So for me, for me, the kind of, I guess the rock, I mean, there's a couple of them, but my rock bottom moment really in 2010, I had gotten done coaching at Ignatius Valley high school. Uh, mm -hmm. I coached there for two years and I was trying to do the camp thing and trying to make the ends meet. We just, I just wasn't really making ends meet. It was just like, and I decided, okay, you know what? I'm going to try to go on a limb and try to get some of these other jobs and just nothing was working. And so I literally hit rock bottom. I got no money. I was in my car and the rock bottom moment for me, really, uh, I was in the Safeway parking lot, uh, in my car. Uh, I had just made a deal with my landlord. And at the time I wasn't married. Uh, uh, my, I got married a year later, but, and so my wife and I, we actually were broken up for a little while. Uh, and I told the landlord, I can't pay rent. If you let me stay till the end of the month, you can have the deposit back. I did that. And, I, and so I, I had nowhere to live. I, I got put all my stuff in storage, which ended up getting repoed and I lost all my stuff in my storage. But uh, I'm in my car. I kind of bounced around some couches. A buddy of mine had to uh, put an air mattress in his kitchen with a, with a drape. And um, <laughs> I was in my car, Safeway parking lot over by YV. And I eat, eating a can of, uh, a packet of tuna. Uh, off my food stamps and I was just like man this is it like this is this is rock this is it right here like I have nowhere to live I'm eating tuna out of this can I remember sitting under this parked under the shade of this parking and I just sat there just like I don't know where to go from here like I, I don't have a job uh, I, don't, I don't have prospects uh, and um, so for me I, I will say the one thing that, that I look back at my life and the different adversity family stuff jobs and and all these kind of a lot of them were self-inflicted wounds to be honest with you but something in me if, whether I, I mean maybe you did too at, at, in your baseball career but as a even as a young kid I felt like 
I was destined for bigger things. And I don't mean like, you know, being famous on TV or like, you know, this, uh, this uh, like egotistical way. I just always felt like there's better for me than this, whatever this is. And so, and, and so if I'm willing to, you know, deal with the adversity, deal with uh, that there's, it's going to be, there's, there is grass is greener on the other side. You just got to go through some of this stuff. And so for me, I just deep down in me, even at rock bottom, I was like, you know what? I believe that there's going to be greater. And I'll tell you, you know, uh, 2012, after I got back from Oregon 13 and I worked at paychecks and I wanted to leave paychecks for the assistant job at UNLV. It paid paid $32,000. And I had five friends, uh, come and, and, and do an intervention on me. <laughs> a, a very, and I use, I use intervention lightly, but like it was like, they sat down like, Hey Matt, you've been trying to do this coaching thing for a long time. Your family, you've been homeless twice. You live with your in-laws. Like you've got a good job at paychecks. It's time to hang it up. Mm-hmm. And you can't like, and you know, I was probably three months in the paychecks at the time. And one of my buddies said, Hey Matt, just like, trust me on this. If you can commit to the paychecks for one year, just that's, that's, that's the timeline. Give it one year and let's see, but you can't just keep, you know, can't keep chasing this dream when you guys keep haven't made any money in 15 years of doing this. And again, my social media wasn't really around at the time and it was kind of dead. And mm-hmm. I had a friend, uh, one of my friends sat down with, and he's sitting across from me and he said, Matt, if you turn this job down, I promise you that it will be so big. It'll be like a, he said like a hitting coach for the giants and he was referring to like pro baseball. Yeah. I remember, lo- I remember looking at him like one, like one screw all you guys. Like yeah. I, this, I yeah. don't, I want this job. It's a full-time hitting coach job in D one 32 grand. And I don't, I hate this paychecks job and you're full of it. That, that's going to get better. Like if I say no, it's going to get bigger than this. Yeah. And so, and so I told them all, no, I'm going. And I drove home and it was after it was a couple hours of them basically telling me like, this is a really bad decision. And I get, I've laid in bed at probably one o'clock in the morning. And I called my, I called them like a group thing. I said, you guys are right. I'll say no to this. I, I'm not happy about it, but I haven't made good decisions in my life. Uh, and you know, you guys are, I, I feel like are in good places. I trust your input and I'm going to say no to this. And again, I, I think that was as much as the rock bottom moment was like in the car and, 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 and that felt like the bottom to me, that felt like the first time that I actually, uh, there was a turning point. Like it was by saying no to this thing, uh, and the belief that something bigger and better was going to come if I, if I could do that and stay the course and just at that time, again, commit to my family. It's the same thing, uh, I felt like a year ago when I left Fresno State, it was like, man, this is not going to be good for my career. Uh, I, I, leaving another job. I, I've left all these jobs bouncing around. It's not going to be good. But something in me again was saying, hey, you know, do what's right and be patient. And, and yeah. so and for me, uh, when it t- comes to mindset, uh, it really is just that, and I've read my Bible a lot. There's these, there's just these mm-hmm. stories of guys like Job and these guys who have done really dumb. Yeah. You haven't quite things. as bad as Job. I mean, Job, no, he got just, beat up, some, man. just made some terrible decisions and gotten beaten up and yeah. came out on the other side. And so for me, I just always believe like, Hey, there's going to be some really tough times. And I, I, I want to say, I read a book one time, maybe about the Navy SEALs, some military training where, you know, they, they get them so bad but in their mindset, they say, you are not going to die. Mm-hmm. The sun is going to come up tomorrow. 
Yeah. And so you, in the moment right then, and so I've held on to that, that idea to a degree of like, even when I'm in pain or things are going really bad, it's like, okay, you are not going to die. Right. Tomorrow is going to be a better day. You and, and holding on to the idea that, that that's coming. So for me, that has been really helpful because I think it's, I th- it's really easy. It's easy for me too to uh, kind of get into the depression or start blaming people and, and, and blaming everybody else and, uh, and all those things. And, and I think, uh, I've been, I've just been fortunate to have people around me that when I start feeling that way or start feeling like, you know, doubting myself that they are, they, they kind of step in and say, Hey, those are lies. That's not the truth. You yeah. are a good hitting coach or you are this, uh, uh, and there are, there is a better, uh, thing for you. And I think if I hadn't had that tight circle or my big family to, to, to speak into those things, and it was just left to my own devices, I probably would have gone to some, some darker places or, or believed a lot of the, uh, lies in my head over the years about who I was. You know, man. So a couple of things, like I, I hear, I I'm with you on everything you said. First of all, I got to ask you, was that the Safeway right by nations? Uh, it was Florida? actually, it was a country wood Safeway. Uh, okay. Okay. Where, uh, there's, there's some, there's Starbucks. I think back when you were there, it was a Winchell's, but it's a donut I know shop. what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's a Starbucks there. So uh, I know exactly which one you're talking about, but listen, man, I mean, that's the, that's the thing. Like I've heard you say depression, right? I've heard you say dark places, intervention, you know, and just telling your friends, you're thinking, screw you. Like, guys, listen, if you guys are listening to this and watching this, understand that there are very successful people that deal with the same, you know, I guess you want to say voices in their head. Like, it, I deal with it on a day-to-day basis. I battle it, right? And, and, and Matt, I'm going to tell you something, dude. When you said that you always thought you were destined for something so great, like, brother, like, I thought about that for decades. I'm like, what is it? Like, I can't figure this thing out. Like, I'm not super inventive. You know, the shoelaces have already been invented. I'm screwed. Like, <laughs> you know, like, what am I going to do? Yeah. So, you know, one day this came along, you know, with, with the help of my friend, Nat, and we started talking about, what's your brand? Like, Dude, I don't know. I don't know what my brand is. And you know, they said, post a picture of yourself in the gym and ask people to fill in the blanks. And I'm like, ooh, that's dangerous with my group. Like, <laughs> So I got some amazing responses. Like my buddy, Jason Montgomery, sent me a, a response that I'm still laughing at every time I tell the story. It wasn't very, it's not for the air. But, um, <laughs> you know, the cool thing was, is I always thought like, I'm destined for something bigger than me, like whatever it is. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't know what it was. And then when this came about, I'm driving down the road and then all of a sudden my brain exploded, you know, all in the car. It just exploded. I'm thinking podcast or video cast. I'm thinking, you know, speaking, you know, consulting with sales teams, consulting with people. And then all of a sudden it was like the matrix in my car. I'm like, dude, I got to pull over because I can't even yeah. see right now. There's so much stuff going on. So I get off the exit and I call my wife. I'm like, something just happened. And I got to like, tell me I'm crazy. And she <laughs> goes, no, you're not crazy. You can literally do all those things. Like every single thing that you have mentioned you can have like you can do and within two months i've set it all up i mean this is new right so to the point it's just like when you when you think of something that you wanted to do you go at it with massive action right it's something that you obsess over and you just go and and dude like i'm right there with you so you know like you said like i don't mean from an egotistical standpoint i don't take it that way at all it's vision 
I've known you a long time, dude. I mean, granted, when we grew up, we didn't like hang out all the time, but like, I knew you, yeah. right? Like, it's like, okay, that dude is different. You can always tell people are different. Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? So like your story I, I think is it's compelling. Just, I think it's, uh, it's never what you expected it to be. Cause so for me, back in the days of coaching Ignacio in college park and, and is I kept thinking, okay, if I could just get the camps going and the lessons travel ball, I can make enough money. Like that was a goal. That was a goal. Yeah. Like I, I, I to, to be a, a hitting coach for the Chicago white Sox, I was never on my dream board. Not I mean, radar. It, it was, but it's like, yeah. okay, it's never going to happen. Like, oh, come on. Yeah. That coaching, ain't gonna coaching, happen. Coaching, yeah. The ES, coaching on ESPN and the SEC championship for softball, like these things. And so for me, Again, like, you know, I, I think I hit a million followers this year on social media. It's like my wife and I joke is like, would, would you have ever believed that a lot of this like has to do with Twitter and Facebook? Like that that has helped pay the bills for us. Well, for dude, you're hitting vault. I mean, that's your, I mean, like you're hitting vault. That's an amazing I mean, the, business. The hitting, vault, the hitting vault 1.0. I was, I, 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 in 2014, I, I was the main speaker at the National Fast Pitch Coaches Association, mm -hmm. which was one of the scariest moments of my life, speaking in front of these thousands of college coaches. Bad, man. And I, la I, I wanted to launch, I got the idea in my head from watching these other hitting gurus who were selling DVDs. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what? I, I, and again, let's, it's just one of those moments just like, I never, even, I never thought it would be like this thing, but I'm like, you know what? I want to do a website of hitting drills. Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna launch it and uh but i had no money at the time and mm -hmm. a buddy of mine uh he's like hey man what do you think it would cost you i'm like i don't know man bare bones four thousand dollars and that and and i hired a, a woman off craigslist who had a movie camera she filmed me and this other guy doing the drills i edited every video in iMovie and i launched the site and it, it made like 35 grand the first week I paid my buddy back his four thousand, and I and I was I was so worried about borrowing this four thousand dollars because I was like, if this doesn't work, I, I owe now I'm my, I owe the the best man at my wedding four thousand dollars, and I'll, like it's just gonna damage that relationship. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I get it. Gave it to him twenty four hours later, and my wife's car was broken down, totally broken down. This Hyundai, oh, it was death trap. I, I got her a new uh, car, new ish. And I had taken off and then again throughout the years and now, you know, it, it has blown up and, and we have seven employees now and it's, it's a Amazing, huge, it's an incredible business. But again, like in those moments of doing something, oh, and my down syndrome, 30 year old brother who FaceTimes me five times a day, Dan, calling Dan? Me right now, Daniel. Oh, Daniel, man. Dan's the oh, man. I, gotta, I can't see where I put my phone, but uh, see if I can put it on, on mute um but anyways uh so but like to me like all those ideas and yours especially with your podcast and everything is like it starts small and you never know where it's gonna go and your expectations of what it can be uh are never what they it never turns out the way that you expect it to be it, could, it can it seems to be always much bigger and better and uh you know for me uh i think the biggest challenge that people have is to just get the ideas and they just don't do it it's like oh, i had this great idea fear takes over and they just can't paralyze on man. it and they take a step on it and you know i'll tell you like if you look back at the heating vault 1.0 that we did it wasn't it wasn't great quality it wasn't a great product but i and i've heard uh, 50 other people say oh i had that idea i should have done it but you didn't yeah 
like you you got to go out on a limb you've got to take a risk uh and you know what you might fail at it 50 times but the 51st time it might take off and it might go and you know for me social media for the first year or so i i worked my butt off on social media i didn't make a penny but i i was like you know what i think this could be a thing and i'm just going to invest full time into it and and sharing ideas and videos and drills and practices and you know anything everything i know about coaching i'm going to share it on social media let's see what happens yeah and actually you know i had 100,000 followers and, and on and on and Dude, so that uh, it was funny like that whole thing for me you know when i'm si- guys go to his facebook his 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 twitter his um his instagram and you'll see like on Facebook, he'll put something up there. And then within an hour, like what, 7,000 people have shared it. Like social media is insane. I, I, I'll get people, right. You know, parents or something or kids that I coach or just friends will share something of yours. And they're like, Hey, I saw this. I, I think you'll like this. And I just laugh. And they're like, do you know him? I'm like, I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, like, I know him. Like, no, 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 you know of him. Like, look, dude, like, I go way back with that guy. But it's always so funny because, you know, like, it's awesome. And it's inspirational because I'll see, like, where I'm starting right now, you know, I'll see, you know, a, a vlog that I do in the morning. And I'm like, I'm like, ooh, cool. 19 people have viewed that. Like, 19 people care. And it's just like, I look at, you know, in, in preparation for this spot, you know, this video cast, I look at, your social media. And it's like, dude, like this is, this is amazing. It is apps real quick, dude, you have got to say hello to somebody for me. You have got to say hello to Casey Howard. She is a friend of mine. She is a huge Matt Lyle fan. She's one of those that if you say my name, I'll fangirl it. I'll fan. <laughs> That's so awesome. It's up to her, man. Casey, how are you doing? I appreciate it very much that you say that. And, uh, and uh, I appreciate you uh, following again, and Casey and, and others too, who, who do. I, it, my wife and I joke about it all the time. And she has friends all the country. Like I, one of my good friends just shared a thing. And there's times that I post something and I looked at it later and it has 52,000 likes. I'm like, what in the world? Dude, show like, me how to Dougie, Matt. Show me there's no, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason yeah. to it sometimes. And it's just like, we joke about it a lot because it's, it's, it's just, that's the nature of social media. And again, like we joke about it more because it's like 10 years ago, if you were to say, Hey guys, Twitter and Facebook are going to be the, some of the main sources of your income and how you guys provide for your family. And you looked at that, you would have like, what are you talking about? Social that's, that's selling. What are you talking that's about? The dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Yeah. So I get, I guess for me, you know, for people of your friends and people who are listening, it's like, you just have to understand that you, the ideas you have in your head, uh, you got to try them. You got to go for it. And you, the biggest part, the other piece of that is you got to be consistent with it. A friend of mine, you might follow on Instagram a little bit. Him and I are good buddies now. His name is CJ Beatty. He's the baseball softball motivator. And when I first met him, I, I had followed him. He was big on YouTube and had a lot of followers. I was like, hey, man, how'd you do it? And he said for the first six months, he made really good YouTube videos and 20 views a video, 20 views a video. He's like, I guarantee 19 of them were my mom. That's what he said. And he's, you know, he's just like, I just, I, I wanted to give up, but I, I was just consistent. 
then he had a 13,000 video that kind of hit. It was a good, it was a great video. And then 20,000. And now he makes a living full time from speaking and being a motivator, a speaker and having a brand. And mm -hmm. again, like if he had quit after 10 videos of 20 views, uh, who knows what he'd be, he'd be doing, you know, and trying to, trying to grind it out. But what happens is we, we, we try things. It's like, Oh, this sucks or didn't work. And, and I don't have a lot of views and or whatever the thing is. And after a few tries, they give up, but, that being consistent part, showing up and continuing to do it. I mean, I, it's a co same conversation I have with my nine-year-old son about baseball. Yeah. Like yeah. you can't go, you can't go out and practice for ten minutes before a game and and not practice the rest of the week and expect to be good. You have to be consistent. And if you if you're not consistent, how do you expect to be good at this thing? I mean, one hundred percent. You know, and the and the thing that I love about this whole thing is people are getting the opportunity to kind of, even though they're not interacting right now or they could be, I'm not looking at the Facebook feed. I mean, it could be blowing up. Hopefully it is. Um, but seeing how down to earth you are as a human being, as a father, a husband, you know, a son-in-law, you know, a son. I mean, there's not, there's not a whole lot of people, Matt, in this world that would put their career on hold, you know, for, for you know, I mean, listen, to, to be there for your mother-in-law, that, I mean, that doesn't happen a lot. So, you know, the one thing that I love about you, bro, and that I've always enjoyed about your family is you guys have good hearts and, you know, I'm, I'm jacked up about all your success, man. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's humbling and it's, dude. I, I mean, honestly, man, I, I look at you and I'm like, you know what, that's, that's where I want to be in two, three years, you know, is, is being able to have, and it's not because I want all these people just like knowing I want to be able to reach more people with my message, right. And help people. So, you know, dude, you're an inspiration to a lot of people, dude. So, you know what, here's what I have for you. Those moments, cause you're still going to have them. Remember this conversation. Remember there's somebody in, you know, Indiana that you don't even know who she is that literally hangs on to every single one of your posts. So always believe that, Matt Lyle is going to come out on the other end. That's where, that. you know, that's, that's what I have for you. So I appreciate that very much, but look, dude, um, I know you got some more distance learning to do. Um, you know, I, again, dude, I appreciate it. Um, it's been one hell of an hour. It flew by. And, uh, you know, if you don't mind, I want to connect with you real quick offline, if that's cool. And yep. then I will let you get to your day, but, um, thank you everybody for listening. Once again, Matt Lyle, Thanks, bud. Thanks, everybody. Bye, Casey. Let's see here, bud. Stop recording. Oh, yeah, man. I'll, I'll get back to you, okay? I'll uh, reach out to you here in a second. Okay. Thanks, man.